0: Hi there, and welcome to A Different Way of Seeing. Have you ever wondered how a disabled person lives their life? Join our host, Lois Drachen, as she chats to people about work, education, travel, sport, the arts, and leisure, and the tools and techniques they use to live their lives with the disability. And now on with
1: the show. Hi there and welcome to today's episode of A Different Way of Seeing, a podcast where we talk all things disability. I'm your host Lois Strachan. Today we are chatting with Katie Selby who is an advocate for persons with learning disabilities and she's been doing a Some fantastic work in that area recently. Before we dive into that interview, just a quick reminder that if you enjoy what we're doing on the podcast, please share it with a friend, like it, review it, or just raise it on any of your podcast apps. It really does help other people to find the podcast. Okay, let's jump into that interview with Katie. Katie, hi there. How are you doing today? I'm good. <laughs> it's great to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to A Different Way of Seeing. Thank you for having me as, as your guest. It's only a pleasure. So maybe as a good place to start, tell us a little bit about yourself and your story.
2: <clears throat> I was diagnosed with a language impairment at the age of three years old. At that time in my life, I was nonverbal. I didn't have any friends during my preschool years because I was nonverbal. And at school, I would always play by myself. At home, I would play with my brother and cousins because they were my only friends at the time in my life. Mm -hmm. My only other friend was my Cabbage Patch doll, Faye Ronnie. In my preschool years, I pointed and used gestures to let my family and teachers know when I needed to get my needs met. My teachers and parents then decided to ignore my pointing and gestures to help me communicate verbally. Well, that didn't seem to work that well because I didn't start verbally communicating until I was five years old. I said my first full sentence And to this day, I wish I knew what my first words were. My parents don't even know what my first words were. When I was five years old, I was diagnosed with learning disabilities in written expression, math, and reading comprehension. In kindergarten, I was in a self-contained special education class and was pulled out for related services such as speech, language, and occupational therapy. I would go to my general education class for PE, art, and music. Then in the middle of first grade, I was integrated into my general education classroom part-time. Then in second grade, I was fully integrated into my general education classroom and pulled out for my related services, which were speech, occupational therapy, and resource. I continued getting support from the special education system until I graduated high school. Then as I was transitioning from high school to college, I had a guidance counselor tell me that I should not go to college and just get a job as a childcare worker. Well, I didn't wanna do that. So I went ahead and gave college a try. I also knew that if college wasn't the right fit for me, I could get a job instead. So I went ahead and took classes that would go towards an associate's degree in early childhood education. Well, after getting that degree, I knew I wasn't finished with college quite yet. So I then took classes that would allow me to transfer to a four year university. Those were some of my toughest classes. In 2008, I went to Maryville University. Then in 2011, I graduated with a bachelor's degree in rehabilitation services, independent living. I was so happy that I accomplished my goals because I had also had other people in my life besides the guidance counselor tell me that college just wasn't maybe for me. And after getting my bachelor's degree, I knew that I wasn't done crushing my goals in my life.
1: What happened next? Because that's already a huge journey that you've been through. But since then, you've also been achieving other things. Can you just bring us kind of up to date with where you are right now? We'll, we'll dig into it a little bit more as we go through the conversation. But just so everyone gets an idea of, who you are right now in your life.
2: Right now I have been um doing presentations and sharing my story as well as sharing my story to the world on podcasts and I'm in the process of writing a book. But we can like you said we'll dive into that in a little bit. <laughs> Great. And in terms of your employment right now? I um Well, through my college career and um, what I do right now, I have always worked in the disability-related field. Um, I started out um, as a preschool teacher assistant at an early childhood center where I live. And then a couple years as I was a preschool teacher assistant, they asked me to, um, to work with a child with special needs, and they didn't really tell me what this child's special needs were. Um, I worked in a before and after care program. Um, I started working with the student and. I was so nervous I didn't even know what his disability was until his dad came to me and told me that he was a person with autism. So then I took the opportunity to research what autism was and, and find ways how I could better support myself in the in the position and to support my students. I didn't I felt like I didn't really get any support from the actual early childhood education center. I felt I got more support from his teachers and um his parents as to how best to support to support him in the before and after care program. And then after that, I um looked into working as a teacher assistant for the school district I work in now, I did not get that job as a teacher assistant. They suggested I start as a substitute. So I went ahead and started subbing for the district I work in now. And then I um, applied to be an ABA therapist Applied Behavioral Analysis to help children with autism reach their goals. And I worked as an ABA therapist from 2005 to, um, to, um, sorry, I'm just trying to, um, through 2020, um, and then I now work as just a paraprofessional supporting students with disabil- disabilities um in a in a school, in an elementary school. Well, that's fantastic work. And I think it's really important work as well. Yes. And um, I also worked part-time jobs while I was going through school when I needed some extra money in the summer and throughout the school year worked as a respite provider for children with autism and I worked like some summer camps as well. That sounds like fantastic
1: work as well. With what you've told us, you mentioned quite a lot about the support services that you received through your education. I want to just understand a little bit more about the role that you feel that effective support systems have on educating children with special needs. What kind of role do they
2: play? Having um, support systems such as um, speech and language therapists and occupational therapy and resource really play play a role so that students can be successful and they can go to those teachers and ask questions in a safe environment where. They know that they understand. That sounds a lot to me
1: like their support, but it also helps to develop the skill of self-advocacy with those learners. Tell me about how you learned to self-advocate as you went through your education.
2: Well, I did not start learning to be my own self-advocate until I was a junior in high school. Um, not only teachers in elementary school, middle school, I don't, I don't think they really knew how to teach me self-advocacy skills. So as I was a junior in high school, I was in a class within a class, which means I had a special education teacher and a general education teacher teaching together. Mm -hmm. And um, my special education teacher told me one day to go to my general education teacher and ask for clarification on questions if I did not understand something. Because I would always go to her to ask questions. And... I went ahead and asked my general education teacher a question of what I did not under, understand and my special education teacher said if I still didn't understand what the general education teacher was trying to tell me tell me I could always go back to her and get clarification and if I did not have that happen I probably would not be where I'm at today in my life. That was some and, amazing advice you were given.
1: How did that make mm-hmm. you feel, having the power suddenly to realize that you could advocate for yourself?
2: It felt amazing knowing that I could just go to my teachers and ask for support. Um, I continued to do that through high school and as well as college. And I also got like self-advocated for myself with my family and friends as well. So learning that
1: skill of self-advocacy, learning to advocate, that's really helped you in your journey And you're using those skills
2: quite a lot right now. Yes, I am. I'm using those skills right now to um, share my story with the world, as well as teaching my students at a young age how important it is to be their own self-advocate.
1: Talking about your work as a paraeducator, you've given us a, a great introduction to your journey and how you got involved in that field well you've told us what you've done but what gave you the interest in education is it through your own experience
2: yes it's partly through my own experience as as well as because i'm a person with a disability who didn't really always get the support I needed to realize my dreams, I decided to support individuals with disabilities in the school setting. In my work as a paraprofessional, I support my students with their goals and help them become as independent as as they can be. I encourage them to utilize the support of their friends and family and develop relationships with people who understand them.
1: Okay when you're working with the, the the learners what type of engagements do you use what kind of interventions do you use with them
2: well one of my students now i you, i utilize a token economy system where if i notice that they're doing a great job i give them a token which earns them a like a, a break out of class um, and then I also, my students also use a, 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 um, communication devices and I support them with that. I um, model on their communication device so that they can verbally communicate. And, and I really wish that I had that growing up when I was a child um, that would probably, that would have helped me when I was three years old, when I was nonverbal.
1: I can imagine. Yeah. And it sounds mm-hmm. like the work that you do needs to be very tailor-made for the needs of each specific child. Yes. That must mean that you have to be very flexible in the way you approach each person.
2: Yes, I do have to be very flexible when approaching each student because they learn differently.
1: It must also be incredibly rewarding work.
2: Yes. And I also probably got into the work as a paraeducator is because I um, also come from a unique social group all of my friends are people with disabilities, and i just like to say that we're not a support group. We're just friends like everyone else, and we're there for, for each other. That sounds fantastic, and you're right. I mean,
1: people seem to think that when you have a group of people with disabilities, that we're obviously a support group, but we're just yes. people. We're just mm-hmm. being friends. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. That's such an important distinction to make. I want to go back to a comment you made earlier about the book that you're writing. Tell us about how that got started.
2: Well, um, seven years ago, I wrote an article for a blog site called the mighty. They had a writer's prompt asking people to write articles about college for incoming college students to kind of get an idea of what to expect. So I wrote my story and I got a well response over that. Um, I got a lot of reactions and some really nice um, comments. And then I went ahead and decided hmm, I guess, you know what? I really want to share my story with the world. So I went ahead and shared my story with other um, groups and pages on Facebook saying, asking, hey, would you like to share my story? And then I got a well, well response from that. And then in 2020, um, I read a book called um, stutter interrupted by Nina G and um she's a person who stutters as as well as she's a person with dyslexia um I read her book and I'm like you know if she can write a book about her life story I can write a book about <laughs> my life story and I chose to write a book about choosing to write a book about my life story because there's not a lot of Books out there about people living with learning disabilities and language impairments. It's just mainly research-based books as I was looking for like a book to read um, about learning disabilities.:
1: I think it's so important because as people with disabilities, it's important that we see ourselves reflected in stories, in books. Be their mm-hmm. memoir yes. be their fiction. So it really is important for for people like us to be doing what you're doing. How is the writing
2: going? Where are you at at the moment? I just finished up um chapter five of my book. Um I am continuing to write, but I'm also on podcasts that right now. So it's um it's gonna take some time. Um, and I also have two dachshunds at home that are a little bit of a distraction. So what I've been starting to do or wanting to start to do is um outline a little bit during the week and then leave my house for about an hour to an hour and a half and, and go um write somewhere that has Wi-Fi, like at a coffee shop that supports people with disabilities Um, and maybe just doing that I can get more of my writing done. Having that kind of an approach is
1: proven by a lot of people to be really really productive because you've got your outline which you can do and even with the distraction of the pups because yes, they're very important to have that distraction as well. And then to have that dedicated writing time, it's incredibly powerful as a way of writing. Tell us a little more about your dogs because, well, I'm a dog person too. So just as a sneak little bit, tell us about your dogs.
2: Um, I have two dachshunds named Barney and Fred. They are 11 years old my husband and I um, were asked by a rescue group to take them in because they had kennel cough and um, we didn't have any, any dogs at that time. So we were just trying to help rehab them back to health. Well, three days in, um, we locked eyes with their Dachshund's cuteness eyes and um, and we decided to ask the rescue group if we could... Um, if they were up for adoption, they were, and they wanted the boys to be together because they're brothers and they cannot be separated. And um, they have a Facebook page called The Mini Adventures of Barney and Fred, which I um, I uh, I'm in charge of that, and they have. Over 7,000 followers. Wow. <laughs> yes. Popular pops. <laughs> yes. And how old are they right now? They are 11 years old, and we um got them at nine years of age. And Barney is a dog with scoliosis. So I really try to advocate for both of their, ne- both of their needs.
1: In what way? What what type of advocacy do you do to help your dog?
2: I um I make sure that Barney goes to do his laser ther- therapy appointments every two weeks. Mm-hmm. That helps his back. And um, he also gets chiropractic care as well.
1: Looks like he has found a very good forever home with you and your husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we know your dog's Facebook page, but how can people find you if they'd like to reach out to you to follow up or learn a little bit more about your story? How can they reach you?
2: They can reach me through Facebook as the girl who was not college material and on Instagram, college material girl. Perfect. Thank you so much. And we'll add the links to those
1: and to your dog's Facebook page as well, into the show notes. As a final question, what does the future hold for you?
2: I would love to um, speak all around the world. And um, I would really like to get my book finished and published um, in the next coming years and um just to share my story and see if other people have similar stories and um just to share with the world that how important it is to teach children at a very young age self-advocacy skills since I did not receive um those skills until I was a junior in high school.
1: Those sound like fantastic aims to have. And we wish you luck with all of those targets for the coming years. Casey, thank you so much for joining us on A Different Way of Seeing. It's been lovely to learn a little bit about you and your story and the advocacy work you're doing, not to mention the fantastic work that you are doing supporting children with special needs as a paraeducator it's been lovely to chat to you today thank you so much
0: thank you for listening to A Different Way of Seeing we'd love to connect with you so find Lois at loisstrucken.com or Facebook Lois Strachen Speaker this podcast was edited by Craig Strachen using Hindenburg Pro Hindenburg it's all about the story the credits are done at Naledi Media Now, Lady Media, all your vocal needs under one roof. Read by Charlie Jassy. That's it for now. Thank you for joining us and see you next time when we bring you into the world of seeing differently.